Hello, good morning, good afternoon, good evening, whichever applies to you. Welcome to Episode 7 of the Prevent and Reverse Naturally Type 2 Diabetes. I'm Mark Ashford. I'm your host and originator of this channel, and I am a Type 2 Diabetic. I'm also author of um, a paperback book and an ebook, which you can uh, acquire on Amazon.ca or any of the Amazon websites. Uh, I'll have a, a link in the uh, show notes for this podcast. Um, the book is uh, the paperback book is a, a really nice product. It's U.S. letter size. That's eight and a half inches by eleven, full color, and right now it's over three hundred pages. Of course, the uh, ebook is uh, is perhaps more easy to uh, to deal with. Um, you don't have to uh, carry that uh, big book around, and it's also a little bit cheaper. But either way, I do make a, a, a couple of dollars on uh, on a paperback book or an ebook, and it helps to support this channel and uh, all the different activities that I I follow in discussing preventing and reversing type two diabetes. What we're going to look at in this podcast is um, something that's in the book, um, and it's discussed in more detail in the book, and that is sleep and how it um, is related to uh, diabetes, particularly type 2 diabetes, because of, as we all know, type 1 is an immune, dis uh, immune uh, system disorder. Um, so things like uh, diet, sleep, and other factors will affect um, insulin. Now, insulin is a hormone. Um, according to Wikipedia, uh, there are 64 hormones in the human body. Um, the top seven, which most people know about, um, are cortisol, estrogen, the growth hormone, testosterone, thyroid hormones, insulin, progesterone, melatonin, adrenaline, and prolactin. So there are a lot of different things that are going to affect uh, all the hormones. But of course, uh, being a diabetic, um, I'm concentrating on insulin and uh, possible impact to that. And the, one of the biggest factors in, in habit, we've looked at diet, or we will talk about diet, um, and highly refined carbohydrates and, and so forth, and how the body changes those into um, blood glucose. But for this uh, exercise, uh, for this podcast, we're looking at uh, sleep. So when we think about sleep, there's a lot of different things that we have to consider. Uh, first is uh, duration of sleep, and the second is quality of sleep. Um, and there are other um, things that, uh, that crop up when we talk about sleep, because um, duration of sleep includes things like sleep deficit, sleep apnea, and, and other problems. Being well-rested is about more than just how many hours of sleep you get. The term sleep deficiency uh, or sleep insufficiency uh, are more frequently used to describe factors that reduce the quality and quantity of sleep and keep a, a person from waking up refreshed for example, a person who sleeps uh, for a total of eight hours, but with many awakenings during that time, um, as such as when you start to see the risk factors for uh, frequent urination in with diabetes, 
you're going to be up every couple of hours. So even if you sleep eight hours, uh, you're, uh, the time that you wake up, go to the bathroom, come back, get back to sleep, that is going to, uh, that's going to cause an insufficiency of sleep because the total is going to be deducted from your eight hours or seven hours. Now, when I look back on um, my sleeping habits um, before I was diagnosed with uh, diabetes, is is really illuminating because I was exercising very hard. I was a, a spinning instructor. I was a scuba diving instructor. I, I would go on long bike rides uh, at the weekend during the summer, during the spring, summer and fall months. Um, uh, 100, 125 kilometers uh, was not unusual. So there's a lot of physical and energetic stress on my body um, at that time. And I was, <clears throat> I was frequently getting by on between four and six hours of sleep a night. Eight hours of sleep seemed to me emotionally and mentally to be excessive, but four to six was doable. And then what I would do is during the weekend, I would uh, make up for the uh, any sleep deficiency that I had accumulated during the week. I would have naps. But even then, um, I would go to the gym, I would work out uh, usually with weights, um, and then I'd go home, have a protein shake, which... Uh, looking back at it, may not have been the best thing to do because uh, some of them um, would have been laden with sugar, and then I would have a nap for one anywhere between one and three hours. Now, if I went for a long bike ride on uh, Saturday or Sunday afternoons, um, then the the nap in the afternoon would not happen. Um, it, there's just no time for it. Um, in terms of going to, to, to sleep at night, I would try and stick to 10 or 11 p.m. And I'd be up at uh, 3 or, or 4 a.m. in the morning, um, either to work on my uh, business as I'm self-employed or in getting ready to go out and uh, scuba dive or uh, get ready to go to the gym and be there for when it opened at uh, you know 7 or 8 a.m. in the morning. So this, um, this lasted regularly on a, on a regular basis, weekly basis, for um, probably about 10 to 12 years. Um, yes, it's, it was a long time. Um, I did try, I did experiment with the eight hours sleep, but what I found is that I was waking up after four hours because that's what my habits had uh, ingrained into my body, and I would just be staring at the, st the ceiling and... Uh, uh, rolling my thumbs as I counted away the what I consider now to be lost time. Um, I did not go back to sleep, um, and eventually, of course, I gave that up and and just carried on with the four to six hours sleep. So what we have is uh, a sleep deficit that was uh, building up and only being partially dealt with by the, the naps over the weekends. Um, and for a long period of time, you know, 10, 12 years was, uh, was what I look back on and I, I see that happening. Now, uh, if you're a little bit sleep deprived or you have um, slowness of thinking, uh, res uh, reduced attention span, worsened, worsened memory, poor or risky decision making, which is... Um, which is some of the side effects from uh, sleep deprivation or sleep insufficiency. 
um, you also have to consider the fact that um, this may make you prone to eating comfort foods, usually sweet, uh, sweetened, um, highly sweetened foods and foods that have a lot of highly, highly, highly processed carbohydrates in them. The link between diabetes and sleep insufficiency is not fully understood, but uh, there is a growing body of, of uh, evidence to say that this is the case. Basically, insufficient sleep appears to affect the body's ability to regulate blood sugar, increasing the risk of metabolic conditions like diabetes. Even if you've not uh, been diagnosed as diabetic, there are going to be fluctuations in your blood sugar during the night. Um, hypo, uh, a hypo is a hypoglycemia, um, and that's where the blood glucose level uh, drops quite uh, steeply. And hyperglycemia is where the blood sugar, blood glucose level is higher than normal. So if you um, have been diagnosed with um, diabetes and you're actually wearing a CGM, uh, the CGM can be um, programmed to give out alerts through your smartphone uh, when either the hypo or hyperglycemic uh, conditions arise. And um, hopefully those alarms will wake you up and you can uh, deal with, uh, with the, uh, the occurrence either through taking insulin or some other medication to try and stabilize your blood sugar. Obviously, this breaks up your sleep and is another factor that um, uh, people who have actually been diagnosed with uh, diabetes um, uh, have to take into account when they're managing their sleep. As I mentioned in the book, um, possible issues with uh, blood sugar, uh, blood glucose, um, during these four or six hours sleep that I was getting, um, seemed to manifest themselves in the way I would eat breakfast. And in the book, I describe what I call a day of eating, which is the most common foods that I would eat um, throughout a, a regular day. And particularly in the, in the morning uh, for breakfast, um, things like raisin bran would be uh, high on the list simply because uh, you've got a highly fine carbohydrate supposed to be full of fiber which is good for moving um, uh, the waste through the system but it is a highly refined carbohydrate which is going to be processed processed very quickly as blood sugar and and of course raisins are just uh, a sugar bomb um, and i regularly had that on my diet and during the canadian winter i would also have a couple of the packets of um, the um, uh, oats, uh, the, the quick oats, um, you know, made by Quaker and other uh, manufacturers. And I particularly remember liking the brown sugar or the maple syrup, which is just, you're just ingesting sugar. You might as well uh, put a, a spoon of sugar into your mouth when you're eating those. So um, the link between diabetes, sleep insufficiency or irregularities and, um, and food is, is also another factor that is not fully understood at the moment, but um, I can speak from experience. It's there. Um, don't ignore it. So when we look at reversing um, 
diabetes, a type 2 diabetes. Uh, the things that obviously affected me was I, um, when I, before I was diagnosed and for a short while after I was diagnosed, I'd be up regularly during the night to, to urinate because uh, my body had to clean out uh, the sugar in the system. And that is the body's natural uh, way of doing it. But that clearly broke my sleep. And even though I was probably at the six hours, maybe seven hours sleep at that time, um, being up three, two, three, four hours, four times a night for, you know, maybe 15, 20 minutes each time before I got back to sleep. Yes, I mean, I was not getting the quantity of sleep that um, I was actually spending in bed. And I do have an iPhone, I do have an Apple Watch, and I would regularly track um, the amount of sleep that I did get during the night. And yeah, looking back on the numbers, it's pretty clear that I was uh, had insufficient sleep, even though I was spending more than enough time in bed. Also looking back, I wish I had had that Apple Watch uh, many years before I... Um, actually got diagnosed so that I could see these trends and this information. Anyway, so what is good sleep quantity? And that's for an adult, it's uh, seven to nine hours. For children between, uh, children usually between, uh, usually get nine to 13 hours sleep and babies are in the 12 to 17 hours sleep. Yeah, a lot of people would infer that um, the the old adage that uh, the children are growing, the muscles are growing, um, they, they they need the extra sleep, um, which is true. But also, from the adult's point of view, looking at the seven to nine hours sleep, eight hours a night is right in the middle there. That is what you should be aiming for, and it should be unbroken sleep. Uh, you should not be getting up. You should not be going to the the computer. You should not be um, involved in any activities other than sleep. In addition to uh, duration of sleep, uh, there's some things you need to consider. Um, you need to be more active during the day. That will encourage your body to sleep deeper and longer and to recover the um the, the energy uh, from the activity during the day. Uh, activity can be walking the dog. Uh, we don't have to talk about going to the gym, spending an hour in an exercise class or, or whatever. You can do it if you want to, but walking the dog counts. Um, try to sleep on a comfortable mattress um, and with comfortable pillows and covers. You need to do that so that uh, your body is not in a state of, of stress um, or strain uh, trying to get comfortable. And it also means that you can have a more restful evening uh, in bed. You also want to try and relax for at least an hour before you go to bed. So this means getting off the computer if you're, uh, if you're working um, from home or you... Um, you feel obligated to log on to work and see what's happening, uh, send a few more emails or whatever. Yeah, no, don't do that. You want to be you want to be on a on a relaxed phase of your uh, mind and your body before you actually go to bed by about an hour. Avoid alcohol that that will upset your circadian rhythms. 
and turn off um, artificial lights and screens, which means uh, televisions and smartphones uh, and computers, uh, so that you can fall more naturally into your, your sleep and are not confused by the, the intensity of blue light. Apple in particular now, um, you set uh, the... Um, you can set the, the screen to automatically change its color temperature um, during uh, nighttime. So when I do actually look at the computer, <laughs> sorry, I'm not following my advice. When I do look at the computer, um, it is more of a, um, a warm color rather than a, an intense blue color. Um, and turn down the heating uh, in the bedroom before you actually try to sleep. Uh, a cooler bedroom is a better way to sleep and set time limits on social media and other uses before bed. There is more information in the uh, in the books. Um, there is information from Diabetes uh, UK and some other um, uh, books and resources. So do try and uh, pick up the book or the ebook and uh, and grab that information. And of course, uh, what we've talked about here, sleep deprivation or insufficiency, they're often related to uh, other factors such as stress. Um, stress is in the book and it will be in the next podcast. So hopefully you'll be, you'll be joining me for the next podcast um, to look at stress and maybe some other information um, that I'm accumulating on um, CGMs. But for now, um, have a good night's sleep and uh, check out the books and um, don't stay up too late reading them. Take care now. Bye. <music>